beautiful Balanced Ballerinas. Welcome back to the Balanced Ballerinas podcast. As always, my name is Georgia. I am your host. And today we're going to get into a little Ask Me Anything, which I haven't done since episode 66. That was the first one I did, the first and only. And so I thought I would bring it back because there's a lot going on at the moment. And I thought it just might be nice to do a really casual ask me anything where you will be able to tell very much that I have no notes, just a bunch of questions and I will answer them, which usually gets a very honest response from me. And um, you seem to really enjoy it because I look at the download views and the ask me anything episode had so many. So I thought we'd give it another go because you seem to enjoy it. But before we get going, First of all, I wanted to say how incredibly grateful I am for the beautiful commitment in the Balanced Ballerinas community. If you attend my in-person classes at the moment, they are pumping. There are so many people dedicating time to themselves and their practice, and it's just beautiful. Like it really is. We've had such a difficult time at the moment, you know, obviously as a collective with COVID, if you're in Australia, we've got floods and there's just so much going on. And I really expected there to be quite a dip in classes, but people are more inspired than ever to actually really practice some self-care and do things that they love Um, or those that are new to ballet as well, explore something that they've been passionate about beginning. So that's really beautiful and that's inspiring. And I think during this time, we have really spent a lot of time reflecting and working out what is important to us. So thank you if you're one of my in-person students. Um, And also if you are part of the wider worldwide online community that is Balanced Ballerinas, our secret Facebook group, there is nothing secret about it. Just type in secret Balanced Ballerinas Facebook group if you're not already part of that and you will find it pop up. Click join and I'll be sure to add you. Um, it's just growing. I think every week we have about between 20 and 40 new members, which is incredible. And I get the most beautiful responses from my Friday newsletters. So if you don't receive those but would like to, uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram or an email to hello at balanceballerinas.com and I'll be sure to add you so that you receive those words of encouragement. Sometimes a little bit of tough love, but always encouraging and always with the best of intentions for my ballet students. And even if you are not my personally, you know, my ballet student, um, they're really for anyone that's practicing ballet. So yes, just before I got going, I just wanted to say thank you so very much much. If you listen to my Technique Tuesday, which I do every week on Instagram and Facebook Live, I spoke this week about the fact that the last couple of weeks for me have been really overwhelming, (laughs) like very overwhelming. There is a lot going on and maybe why I just wanted to do a really fun Ask Me Anything episode where I didn't have to put you know, too much structure into the episode, which I'm going to let you guys know, it takes a long time to do those episodes um, and make sure that they are spot on for you. So what's going on at the moment? I discussed in that live the fact that I have obviously um, a new studio opening. So a lot of people are asking whether we're keeping the one that we're currently in. 
um, no, we're actually, we'll be moving permanently from this one that I'm actually sitting in my office now to the new space in hopefully, fingers crossed, September of this year. So that will be the new Balance Ballerinas HQ and, um, you know, that obviously resides within GC Dance. So there are lots of things that I'm learning throughout this process, um, especially in regards to building and square meterage and you know I'm going to probably do a, a fun poll on Instagram this is the fun part you know picking what color tarket and what f- bars we're going to use wall mounted or floor mounted or you know where to place the mirrors and you know there was a wall that I wanted to put the mirrors on and it doesn't work on that wall or why can't I extend this out to here oh well, Georgia, because you'll walk and you'll drop five feet. <laughs> so there's a lot going on in my brain that's not usually there. Um, so that's a massive change that we're going through at the moment. And then, I mean, it's very exciting, but that's it's a lot. It's a lot of work. <laughs> um, and then also, you know, we've got lots of changes in regards to um, COVID regulations are easing, which is fantastic. Um, but then we've also had lots of... Um, lots of changes in regards to the government sort of being able to shut down businesses very quickly we had lots of flooding our studio wasn't directly affected but um, neighboring uh, cities were and the rules extended to us and as a small business that was really difficult because we weren't really directly affected but we had to adhere to the very snap decisions that were made in regards to all businesses basically being shut i'm sort of getting the impression that this is our new normal now where the world knows we can react and open and close very quickly and sort of just navigating that and working out as a small business owner you know what that looks like in the future and what directives you know we do follow and what we don't and where we draw the line so that's a tricky one um And then on top of all that, new studio, you know, lots of new regulations to think about. But also, um, as you all know, I am creating a 12-week online adult ballet course, which is basically me pouring my heart and the last 10 years of teaching into a course that is for the wider world of Balanced Ballerinas community. So I'm always messaged by people from all around the world that are like, I just wish, you know, I lived on the Gold Coast in Australia and that I could attend your classes because, you know, they can't find a teacher that will take adults seriously or they can't find a class full stop or, you know, they just don't have access or they want to do, you know, they want to experience the balance ballerina's way of teaching and my methodology. Um, But obviously they don't live here. So I want to reach and I want to impact even more lives and so part of that is getting online in the online space but I think for me I really wanted to create something that had a personal touch point so for example I didn't want to just create a course or create a library of classes where you were sort of just left to your own devices to do what I wanted to create was a course where you really are coached you know a lot um, by me in a more meaningful way so the course is actually going to include uh, obviously some pre-recorded videos 
um, and pre-recorded lessons, but it has touch points throughout the course where we actually have a one-on-one Zoom meeting with one another and you can ask me any questions and we can talk about what you've been learning throughout the course. You can show me anything. We can even talk about whether you're ready to begin point work and we can go through that assessment over Zoom and yeah, it's, it's a lot to put together and I have such big ideas for it. And because the back end, yeah, so this is as any business owner will know, the back end of any kind of project, even just something as simple as building a website is huge, let alone what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so what I, um, the reason this episode is late. So I missed last week's schedule because the podcast I moved it from a different platform so that it was where all my online courses will be. And then the podcast crashed and it wouldn't work on Apple Podcasts, but it could work on Spotify. And I basically spent two weeks fluffing around trying to get it to work. But you are listening to me now. (laughs) All is well and good in podcast land. Technology was not my friend for the last two weeks, but I think I have it back up and running. Anyway, point of my story, ballerinas and ballerinos, is that there is a lot going on at the moment, a lot of change. And I was feeling, I'm not an anxious person, but I was beginning to feel a bit of anxiety. And I came across this article and I shared this in my live this week. And the article was basically about a cognitive technique which can really help, you know, those anxious and overwhelming feelings. So basically I shared with everyone that next time you're feeling really anxious, you should try this, which is a cognitive trick called anxiety reappraisal. And basically it's about telling yourself you're excited instead of anxious So in this week's Technique Tuesday, instead of doing a physical Technique Tuesday, I sat down and we had a chat about this cognitive trick. So I actually don't like the word trick, but it really is. It's like a little trick. I'll I'll let that word slide by for this one because it really does work. So for example, instead of saying, I'm really nervous or anxious to attend my first ballet class, you say, I'm really excited to attend my first ballet class. See how that one change of word can completely, completely change the feeling of, you know, how you feel towards whatever it is that you're about to tackle. And so what it does, it actually changes your brain and it changes um, what, you know, how you respond. And so When I shared this one this week, and that's why I wanted to also talk about on the podcast before I get to the Ask Me Anything, is that I received the most beautiful messages from people straight away who went into their day and implemented this very simple technique. So I had one of my lovely Balance Ballerinas community members say, I've been learning ballet since November and I feel good. And on the other hand, I sometimes have panic attacks. Last Friday, I had one again. And that night I saw your account on Instagram. I watched your video about breathing and I tried, then I felt calm. Today, after watching your video again about the cognitive trick, something remained from my childhood went. Now I feel much better and I'm having my ballet class this evening. I love that. And this is why I do what I do, because if it helps one person, it's so worth it. 
Then I got another one from the lovely Summer. She said, oh my God, I can't thank you enough for sharing this tip. I haven't attended a ballet class in a year. And whilst part of me wants to go, the other part just remembers all the times I cried in class or felt really uncomfortable and anxious. But this tip has really helped me today. And ironically, enough out of the 10 odd what was it? Ironically enough, out of the 10 odd mental health professionals I've spoken to in my life, none of them have ever suggested this. You know what, Summer? I'm not surprised because it, it's really simple. And I'm sure there's, you know, mental health experts and practitioners and psychologists out there that use this. And I'm so glad they do. Um, but it is really simple. It is so, so simple. And it has helped me immensely. So, what I've been doing is when I start to feel a little bit overwhelmed by these massive projects that are sort of brewing in the background of everything else I sort of have to keep together and going uh, during the week, when I start feeling that overwhelm, I just literally say to myself, I am so excited about the new studio or I am so excited about creating this 12-week course or you know, I am so excited to be able to reassess some of the structure of our business so that we can be more adaptable. It just completely changes how I feel about it. So anyway, you can actually catch that replay if you want to, but I've, I've basically shared it here. Um, if you just go to my Instagram at The Balance Ballerina, I always save my Technique Tuesdays under an album called Technique Tuesday, which you can find on my Instagram. But we better get into my Ask Me Anything because that's the whole point of this podcast episode. So, <laughs> okay. Katie says, what can I do at the gym to improve my ballet besides stretching? Okay, Katie. So when I first read your question, the first thing that came to mind to me was stretching <laughs> because the gym after a workout, you're hot and sweaty, you've moved your muscles. That is a fantastic time to do some stretching. And it's sort of like, pairing some habits together so you go to the gym and you are you know doing your regular workout and then you know that the stretching is a going to benefit your body but also your ballet training um you pair that with going to the gym so what happens is when you pair habits you're actually more likely to follow through with them so if you go to the gym three times a week fantastic that means that you are stretching three times a week at least so um but you did say besides stretching so I better give you some other things to work on some things you could work on um you could really work on your supporting leg so I mean it's very difficult to explain this over a podcast but you could pop your back leg onto um, one of the gym benches and you could perform some lunges or squats on one leg to really support and strengthen your supporting leg. Once you find these, because they're actually quite difficult, once you find these a little bit easier, you can actually add some weight by just holding a weight close to your chest and repeating the same movement. But those kinds of movements are... Um, quite extreme um, and they, they can be very useful but it is important to have a bit more guidance than me sort of explaining over a podcast. What I do recommend is checking out friend of the pod Train Like a Ballerina Louisa Patterson. She is amazing. Just look her up on at Train Like a Ballerina and she has fantastic gym exercises that you can do 
for, um, you know, for your ballet training to improve that. So um, I recommend checking her out. Uh, A couple of other things you could really work on at the gym would be like um, your back strength. So ballerinas need really strong backs to be able to hold ourselves in positions you know I always talk to my students about pirouettes really starting from a very well placed set of arms and spine and back so um, again though Louisa Patterson has some fantastic exercises that you can check out for that so that's not my area of expertise ballet is <laughs> um i hope that helped a little bit though okay so uh vala yogini i hope i'm saying that correct she says what is cross training i only found crossfit but i don't think it is is it okay so um i'm actually very well equipped to answer this conversation um, this question because i used to do crossfit so crossfit is not cross training Um, Let's just quickly say that. So let's just first define what cross training is. So cross training is the action or practice of engaging in two or more sports or type of exercise or fitness um, that will help your performance in your main sport. So for example, if you are a tennis player and you cross train with ballet, to make your body more symmetrical because you've been using your right hand to serve all the time. (laughs) Yes. Um, And you might also cross train in strength training. So you might do um, lots, you know, three sets of weights sessions a week. So that would be considered cross training. Um, Cross training for a ballet dancer. I always highly recommend Pilates and more specifically cross training with something like progressing ballet technique so they are my two go-to marie walton Mann, who is the founder of progressing ballet technique which is i guess a series of pilates exercises but packaged very neatly um, as you know um, specifically for dancers and a little bit more balletic than say pilates training And so I implement that in our studio and she was actually a guest on the podcast. So you can actually look up Marie Walton Mann, Balanced Ballerinas, and her podcast will pop up. Um, It's all about progressing ballet technique. And um, yes, Pilates, I always recommend as an add-on to your ballet practice if you would like to do so. I personally have attended my once a week Pilates. I do it every Monday because it sets me up for the week. And I've been doing that now for about three or four years. So, but prior to that, um, I was doing CrossFit. CrossFit is very different to cross training. CrossFit is like really intense workouts that really push you to the limits. Like I'm talking vomit inducing kind of workouts, (laughs) like really vomit inducing. (laughs) Um, They make you incredibly sore. Uh, They certainly build a certain kind of body. Why I was drawn to it was because I was getting bored with just going to the gym, which I was doing. And I was feeling a little lack of direction and motivation. And the reason I sort of was drawn towards CrossFit was because it has an element of competition. And I am, if you don't already know, I'm an incredibly competitive person. So when I did CrossFit, I would be the one pushing myself to the point of puking. (laughs) 
I would be the one trying to beat and get my name up on the ladder. The way that most CrossFit gyms work is that there is a daily workout. They call it a WOD, workout of the day. And they have a leaderboard and basically they post that leaderboard on their social media or a private channel um, of who won that workout for the day. (laughs) Girls, boys, you know, it's all meshed into one. It doesn't matter whether you're a male or female. And um, I would try and get higher and higher on that leaderboard. But the problem is that uh, it really developed quite a body that I... How do I put this nicely? When you participate in a sport, you have to be careful about what that sport will produce in regards to your body's aesthetic. And a lot of people don't talk about this and I think that they should because it's really important. If you love something, you should definitely do it. I'm not saying you shouldn't do something because it's going to build your body a certain way. And I'm not saying, let me just quickly clarify, I'm not saying that weight training will create massive muscles because that's not true either. So it's a combination of things. I found in CrossFit world, I loved the competitive side of it, but because I'm already quite an athletic build, um, the nature of everyone, you know, um, sitting around having protein shakes afterwards and, you know, um, counting their macros and micros and really focusing on quite bulky meals and to be able to have the energy to do these crazy workouts, I was creating a body within myself that was like just a little bit too athletic for my liking, like a little bit too muscular and a little bit too beefy. Um, I certainly had some great muscles, um, but I feel actually I wasn't feeling great in myself I didn't feel feminine or balletic or my muscles weren't as long like what Pilates and ballet um, tend to do to my body and a lot of other people's bodies and so I guess what I'm trying to say is when you pick something to do um, I'm trying to think of well probably swimming for example is a great example if you participate in lots of swimming your upper body and your shoulders will get quite developed because you know your arms are are really doing a lot of work there so it doesn't happen to everybody it depends how you're built but for example if I was to take up swimming I would get quite bulky up top because already I'm prone to building muscle very easily and quickly but also I'm already quite wide um, across my shoulder line so it would just accentuate that So, yes, CrossFit is definitely not cross-training. And, yeah, I know all about it. But I must admit I feel like CrossFit um, was very fun for a period of time whilst I did it. Um, But I am really glad I don't do it anymore. Um, And it's probably another – it's probably a topic of conversation for another time um, in regards to how I've moved – more into really listening to my body and enjoying a slower paced, um, you know, um, exercise regime, which has actually made my body really balanced um, and really balance out and feel a lot better. So if you'd like me to talk about that in a podcast episode, how about you let me know on I'm going to post a photo today when this episode is released and how about you let me know if you'd like me to talk about 
how I have changed the way that I incorporate ballet and exercise into my life um, in a full episode. Comment on the photo that I'm going to post for you. Okay. Now, next question is from Hannah. She says, what is your favorite exercise to teach? So my favorite exercise to teach, I was trying to think about this before I actually turned the microphone on. I love teaching Grom Batmon because I love getting people to do Grom Batmon correctly with the beautiful throw, float, squeeze action. I really love teaching a pirouette exercise in the center. I love popping multiple styles of pirouettes, for example, on dayol, on dedon, soutenu, pose, all into one exercise to really get the student thinking. Um, what else? And I love a grand allegro. But see, I've always been a grand allegro or like, see, grand batman. I love all the grand exercises. I love the big ones that travel and um, they're my favorite to teach. But then in saying that, over the last few years, I have really enjoyed teaching my beginner ballet class. I love teaching people the basics and getting that placement and that posture happening right from the start and doing it properly. So that's a big one. Um, just the plies and your tondus and getting them correctly Um uh, getting the correct technique there so that you can then move into the rest of your training and the rest of your practice, you know, with the correct alignment and placement. You know, they say that plies is the first thing you learn and the last thing you master. And I feel like even as a teacher, I still learn when I teach plies every day. Now, next question is Jenny. Now, it's a two-parter. So first of all, she says, as a teacher... We often teach how we were taught. And then part two, she says, is this how you teach or are you always striving to improve teaching methods? Okay, this is an easy one. I definitely don't teach how I was taught. <laughs> I take elements of the good or the things that I responded to or that I recall as being um, graceful and generous and kind and I completely uh, disregard and do not use anything that made me feel bad as a student. Now I'm not saying that I am the perfect teacher. I know that there's sometimes things I do and I go oh I could have done that better or I could have worded that better or I could have approached that better but I definitely teach and try and be the teacher that I always wanted as a student. That is how I teach. I don't really look to the way that other teachers are teaching unless I'm really inspired by them. A perfect example would be um, my um, afore before mentioned Marie Walton Mann, lovely, lovely woman, founder of Progressing Ballet Technique. When I interviewed her for the podcast, she actually invited me into the studio to watch her teach a bunch of students her PBT class. And I sat in the corner and I watched and I was just blown away by how she taught. I can't even explain it to you. And I picked up a lot from that, just the end of that half an hour class. And then I actually followed her into a ballet class because I thought I need to just keep watching this woman. She's incredible. And the way that she approached her students with such kindness and such care and concern, you know, in a good way, 
was um, just beautiful. So I learned a lot, you know, in an hour with Marie, just simply watching her than I did with a lot of teachers I had for, you know, many years as a child. So in saying that, though, I also have Paul Boyd, who was my teacher growing up, my ballet coach. He's also been a guest on the podcast. That was a very special episode. If you haven't listened to it, have a listen to my episode with Paul Boyd. Um, very special. I and my mom has said this to me. She said that I tend to teach um, the way that he taught me, which is definitely some tough love. Um, but also incredibly caring. And so I guess um, there are elements, yes, that I have taken from teachers, um, but I definitely, I wouldn't say I was taught, I taught teach how I was taught, uh, full stop. So I hope that, oh, and your second part of the question was, you know, um, am I always striving to improve teaching methods? Of course. The amount of professional development I do behind the scenes is immense, whether it's the books that I read or the courses that I do or, you know, the extra training myself. Um, I always joke that I don't have children, but the amount of podcasts I listen to about parenting, just so I can sort of, you know, get into that mindset of how to deal with all ages, because that's what I teach from three-year-olds up to, you know, 83-year-olds and beyond. And so, I am constantly, constantly striving to improve my teaching methods. And I've got two more questions. Tips for oh, Dobby Shoes. <laughs> I love your Instagram name. Um, Dobby Shoes says tips for remembering combinations. So um, a quick tip is I always tell my students to break the combination down into parts. Part, Say, for example, part A, part B, part C. So for example, I might give a tondu exercise that's a little bit more complicated than your usual one. So it might go tondu and close, tondu and close, tondu to a la second, lower, come back, close, derriere, tondu and a close, tondu and a close, tondu lower and second and back to fifth. From there, I would say, okay, guys, that's part A. And so I'd get into the student's head that that's part A. Let's move on to part B. Part B might be Jete and close, jete and close, on cloche, on cloche, on cloche, close. And then I might say, okay, part C, we go pique en quoi, all the way around, brush through, pique en quoi, and brush through. That's part C. So for example, then I would recap, okay, part A, tendu and close, tendu and close, tendu, lower to second and a butt, close back, tendu and close, tendu and close. Tondu lower to second and back to fifth. Part B, I would then say. We go jete and a close, jete and a close, on cloche and two and three and four, PK on qua, which is part C. And one and two and three and finish. So if you break it down, I've, I'm sure that was really boring me just saying that in the podcast fashion where you can't actually see me doing anything, <laughs> but I hope that you sort of got that in your brain, um, how I sort of explain, you know, how you can break down combinations and just think of it in, in parts. So I hope that helps. Now, the last question, this is so funny. Last question is, Georgia, you are getting married soon. Could you please talk about your wedding? So yes, I am. I'm getting married. Um, 
I'll let you know the date. It's the 1st of April, so it's very, very soon. Um, By the time this episode drops, it'll be almost exactly two weeks. More excitedly, though, I mean, no, like my wedding is very, very exciting. Don't get me wrong. My sister is coming for the wedding um, and she will be here in a week's time. And I, she lives in the UK and I haven't seen her for, oh my gosh, like three years, almost, almost three years, which is just insane. So I think the most exciting part of my wedding is the fact that I just can't believe that I'm going to be in a room full of all my favorite people and family and friends And honestly, I had a conversation on the weekend where my sister-in-laws said to me, you know, oh, we can't wait to meet your sister. And like, even though my fiance and I have been dating for over five years now, um, I just, I couldn't believe, yes, they hadn't met my sister before. That's insane Um, because she hasn't been able to come home. So, and I just got really teary. I got really teary and very emotional about the whole thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know why I'm crying. And it's because it's just coming up so fast now and it's so soon. And I'm just, I am beyond excited. We both are to have our favorite humans in the whole world in the same room. Like that is just the best gift and I'm just so beyond excited for that but I don't think that's what this um, (laughs) listener of the podcast was asking I think she wants to know a few nitty gritty um, you know maybe more aesthetic details about the wedding so okay what can I talk to you about Um, I can't tell you exactly what I'm wearing but I'll let you know that it's white and I'll let you know that when you finally see a photo of what I'm what I'm wearing, my wedding dress, you will go, that is so Georgia. Um, it's very me, dare I say a little bit balletic after I bought the dress. It's actually not what I thought I would wear. Um, but after I bought the dress, they sent through the receipt and they, I mean, they didn't know what I do for a living and the receipt Um, has the name of the particular skirt I chose to go with the bodice and it's called the balletic skirt so there's a little hint there but yes no it's definitely white (laughs) Um, what else could I tell you about my wedding so yes it is on 1st of April my dad was incredibly um concerned about the fact we were getting married on April Fool's Day but my mum did some research and (laughs) she said as long as it's after 12 p.m it's all good I don't know the facts behind that but anyway it's all good the reason we chose the first was because it's actually the beginning of the school holidays for me so the studio closes anyway so no one would have been missing out on any classes and it wouldn't um, interfere with any of my students' schedules. And also it then just gave me some time off after the wedding, which is nice because, you know, everyone travels to come see you for your wedding and then you go back to work. Like that would be no fun. I want to be able to spend some time with my loved ones because as you can tell, I'm very, very excited for them to all be here. 
So um, where was I going with that? (laughs) Yes. Oh, 1st of April. So the reason why we picked that date was because I'm born on the 1st of August and my fiance is born on the 1st of December. And so we figured we'd do the 1st of April because that will be very easy for us both to remember (laughs) and never forget. So that's why we picked that date. Um, the theme for our wedding is, um, no surprise to everybody, very black and white, you know, it's very romantic. It's very, um, classic. So there's not a huge fuss. Um, it'll be lots of white roses and it'll be, um, you know, uh, some black napkins and just some romantic soft candles for lighting. And we're doing it in a restaurant. And if you are planning a wedding or if you are, you know, thinking about it in the future, I highly recommend getting married in a restaurant because you don't have to pay for extra cutlery or extra table linens. They just, you know, take care of it. Um, And it's, you know, become very cost effective, you know, (laughs) as far as weddings go to have it in a restaurant. So, We are very excited for our very intimate wedding of 60 people at our one of our favorite restaurants. And yeah, it's very black and white. Um, My makeup. Let's talk about that. That's fun. So um, I did actually post a picture of my eyes on my Instagram of my wedding makeup. And everyone was like, oh, wow, like that looks good. Because I guess not. I don't usually wear a lot of makeup in my everyday life. I really basically wake up and put on some tinted foundation. I don't even own I don't even own real foundation. I just have tinted foundation and a little bit of blush. And if I'm feeling you know like a little bit something extra I put some mascara on but that's about it so that is as far as my makeup draw goes so for me to go full glam um, I think everyone was like oh wow okay (laughs) but it was really important to me to um, have makeup that I also felt really comfortable in and that's why I did a trial so I've basically picked you know more than I would obviously usually wear, but I still look like me and it's still relatively natural. Yeah, it's not too heavy. And the wonderful makeup artist that's doing my makeup really got the memo about the fact I didn't want super heavy makeup um, because I'm not into that. It actually really flares up my eczema as well. So she did a fantastic job and I'm so glad I did that trial because your face is kind of important on your wedding day. <laughs> you want to feel you want to feel like yourself. So that's that. My hair's undecided. My hair is undecided. Um oh, my hair's very long at the moment, if anyone's noticed. Um and probably not because I've always got it up. I think and if you're a ballet teacher or a ballet student, Um, especially if you did a lot of ballet growing up as a child, you will understand this. You're so used to having your hair pulled back tight and you become really used to that feeling of having like hair off your face and like just a clean face with no frizzies Um, from all the hairspray I used as a child. I really created quite a lot of damage to my hair and my hairline. And over the past few years, my hairdresser has told me to calm down and let you know chill out on the hairspray let my hair out once in a while um he was very strict about that and so I have been working on trying to thicken up my hair (laughs) just in the past few years not for my wedding I haven't done anything in particular for my wedding nothing extra just more for me um he wanted me to have healthier hair 
but I just, I'd love to wear it out, but I just don't know if I will because I think an updo will make me feel better. Like I don't have to worry about it. And I think it'll just annoy me if it's in my face. So that's that. Um, that's really sort of all I can tell you about the wedding, <laughs> I think. I mean, it's um, one, one thing on a, on a really personal and deep note about, you know, body image is that going through the wedding process has been really interesting. I find that I am really proud of myself for the amount of work that I have done in regards to my confidence and my self-esteem in regards to my body and going through being a bride, you know, <laughs> so funny when I say that, um, it's just really reinforced that the work that I have done, even if it's been at times incredibly difficult, has really paid off. So, for example, I had someone say to me when I said, oh, like, oh, bye, I'm off to Pilates. They went, oh, working on your wedding bod. Got to get that into shape. It was something along that. And I was like, old Georgia from maybe five years ago would have been really offended by that and really like touchy and like, oh, what do you mean I need to change my body? Whereas today's Georgia was like, are you serious? Like you just commented on my body like you just commented on the fact that it needs to change okay that's your problem and you know that stems from a lot of work I've done and just little things like you know when I was having my dress taken up and the seamstress like she's absolutely lovely divine beautiful woman but she was struggling with the um with the top part and a bit that was fitting uh, a bit funny the straps and she said you know, oh, it's, it's a bit hard because you're, you're quite broad across the, the shoulders. Now, five years ago, Georgia would have been incredibly like sensitive about that because that's something that my ballet teachers used to say, oh, you've got very broad shoulders, you know, you've got a very broad back and, you know, ballerinas, you know, need to be narrower. And so that, when she said that comment, it could have been really triggering for past Georgia and instead, I noted, oh, in the past, that would have been very triggering. But I stood there and instead I was like, huh, interesting. And it was more of just like a, a noticing the change of my mood in regards to, in regards to um, the change of mood. Sorry, I just had a student walk in. <laughs> um, so in regards to how I reacted very, very differently to how I would in the past. So, and that's, and that's a big thing. Like when we decided we were going to get married and, you know, we, we've done it pretty quick. We got engaged in October and so had about five months to plan, um, which tell you right now, it is a lot easier being um, a <laughs> planning a wedding, then planning a dance concert. So I found this whole process quite relaxing, really. It's been lovely. Um, yeah, it's just really interesting. I haven't changed anything. I have my three meals a day. I'm on such a balanced and really healthy, you know, um, approach and mindset at the moment with my body and my lifestyle. And, and I think you're allowed to say this, like, I'm really proud of myself. And I think that's also what's really inspired me to 
improve my own services so I can help other adult ballet dancers and the children that I teach because body image issues within, you know, within teenage groups is just, you know, just running rampant. And I want to be able to make people feel more comfortable and more confident in their own skin. And I truly do believe that we can do that through ballet. Like I really do. I really, really do with, you know, a holistic teaching practice and methodology. So anyway, that's probably a great place to leave this. That's probably a great place to leave this conversation because it's kind of come full circle. You got a little bit of wedding details. Yeah, (laughs) that's all I'm going to give away. My mum's probably going to listen to this and be like, oh, too much. That's you've given away too much. It's supposed to be a secret. Um, Yeah, I don't really understand all that. But anyway, it's all good. I um, will definitely pop a photo up on Instagram as this episode goes live. And I want you to comment um, from earlier in the episode, if you want me to do an episode specifically on, you know, which actually is what we spoke about at the end of this episode, really like my relationship with food, my relationship with exercise, my relationship with, you know, my body confidence and how I've healed from you know, past traumas as a pre-professional ballet student where, you know, there were lots of open wounds there for a while, but I'm in a really good place. I'm in a really good place. And I, um, I'm so thankful and I'm so glad that I have been going through the whole bride thing (laughs) with a much healthier mindset. So, and yeah, like I said, I just want to be able to help others achieve that sense of peace because I really do believe we can do it with ballet. Ballet really can be an act of self-love. I would love to, of course, hear from you. Comment on that photo. Um, As always, have a wonderful week and I will talk to you all very soon. I hope you enjoyed this very random Ask Me Anything episode of me just mumbling away. Bye.